Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. With your host and creator, Minister Annie Bell, the founder and executive director of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. We are providing talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. Please enjoy the show. You hang it down. Thank you again. You have joined in to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. I am Minister Annie Bell, your host and creator for the show. Um, we have created this particular show for uh, ministry, for talk therapy, for those who have endured uh, uh, any type of abuse. Our, our focus is on child abuse and sex trafficking, but this month, because it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We have also taken under our wings those survivors who have uh, been through domestic violence. Now, we are continuing our series on Love Shouldn't Hurt. This is part two. And we are really going to shed some light. And today I wanted to focus a lot on the younger generation who are uh, getting into the dating scene, whether it's in high school or um, emerging ad- as emerging adults, we want to talk about some signs and some cues. Again, I always want to give out some statistics because it, it brings things into perspective. If you're not aware of the problem, it's, it doesn't seem like a problem, but it's truly an epidemic. When you have 20, every 20 seconds, a, uh, a a domestic, uh, excuse me, an intimate partner is being abused. Uh, one out of seven, one out of seven, and that's from hotline.org, one out of seven um, people are victims of severe physical violence. Uh, now, when we're talking about domestic violence, we're also talking about Men. It's not just women. Now, it is an overwhelming amount of more women than men who are victims, but we don't want to leave anybody out. Um, We want to make sure that we are covering any and everybody who is a victim or has a potential to be victimized because uh, no one should go through that type of traumatic 
abuse. Now, here to help me with this discussion is Yoshiko Burning, and she is also a survivor uh, who has become advocate. So if you will, welcome her to the show. Welcome, Yoshiko, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes. I tell you, um, you have such a uh, great, lively personality, and I just absolutely love your personality. Um, it just uh, your your voice just resonates through the airwaves. So thank you so much for um, being uh, a part of the show. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, definitely. So. I am from Mississippi, so I'm from deep down south. I'm from Mississippi, born and raised. Um, I am an only child. Well, I'm my mother's only child, but I have three brothers. My father has um, other kids, and I'm his only girl. Um, so I, we all lived in Mississippi, raised, and we all went to college in Mississippi. And then as we got older, we all kind of built families and went our separate ways. And that's how I ended up in Houston, where I currently reside now Houston, Texas. Okay, okay. Um, Houston is a nice city. Uh, I used to live in uh, Fort Hood for about two minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm an Army brat, so, you know, the only thing I remember are, um, I just remember dead cows with vultures, like, hanging around, and because my dad used to always want to go fishing, and so, you know, (laughs) Like, please don't ever take me fishing. But anyway, right. <laughs> I digress. Um, the I understand that you are a survivor of domestic violence. Could you share then with us the details of what occurred? So what really happened was I was working at a job. I was um, a waitress at the job, and the guy, he worked there as well. He was a bus boy. And so I came to work, and I would do my job, and I didn't focus on him or anyone else for that fact. And so this went on for months, and then one day he just approached me and was like, hey, we should go do something. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm around 21, 22 around the age, so I'm pretty easily swayed like most 21, 22-year-olds at this time. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So one of my coworkers kind of knew him better than I did, and she was like, you know, I wouldn't do that because he was engaged to his son's mom, and that just ended a week ago, and now he's trying to talk to you. I wouldn't do it, but that's just me. She was older than me, so I think that she could see it coming from a distance. But I was like, girl, let me do what I'm doing. And so we dated. Started right from that moment, we dated, and everything was pretty okay. And the first inkling that I received that, you know, things were kind of amiss is I am a flirt by nature. I talk to anybody, and sometimes I will admit I overdo it. But I talk to anybody. I don't have a respected person. So one day I was talking to a gentleman, and I was just laughing and having a good time, and I didn't realize that he was even around. And he called me later that day and was like, oh, you're doing too much. You can't flirt with everybody you see. It's just too much. And I apologize. I said, you're right. Maybe I did do too much. I apologize. So from there, um, I moved into my first apartment. And he was like, oh, I can help you move. I didn't know that that meant when I help you, I'm moving my stuff in. I'm moving in, too. So my first apartment, (laughs) he moved in with me. 
it it was not I was not prepared. I was not ready for that, but you know, you just kind of go with it. And so he moved in and everything was pretty much okay. And the first time that we ever had an incident, I was in the kitchen cooking. And it was summertime. I had on a um, black halter dress, long halter dress. And I was in the kitchen cooking chicken Alfredo. And I remember that distinctly because I don't cook it to this day because it's a trigger for me, even the smell. And Mm. I was cooking it, and I didn't realize that while I was in the kitchen cooking, he was in the bedroom going through my phone. And so he came in the kitchen and just made a big fuss and just, you know, who are you texting? Why are you doing this? And I was like, okay, chill, calm down. It's not that serious. And it was my ex, but it wasn't like any inappropriate conversation. We were just talking because we've always been friends. And so he took the pot of Alfredo, hot, boiling, scalding Alfredo off the stove and just flung it on me. Oh, my gosh. So at that moment, it stunned me. I don't know if I was stunned so much from the scalding hot pain because once I finally got off, it took skin off because it was hot. Mm. So I don't know if I was in shock oh from God. the pain or that he actually did it, and it just kind of escalated from there. And he pulled me in the living room, and we started fighting. Well, he started fighting. I was trying to defend myself because all of this is new to me. No one in my family had been through anything like this. So I didn't have a template of what to do if a man starts abusing you. It was news to me. So mm, yes. we were going through the changes, and um, I was trying to call the police. He grabbed my phone. He snapped it in half. Now, that's some super strength to snap a whole phone in half, snapped it in half. So I wow. tried to go for the door, and I was turning the lock in my apartment. The apartments I stayed in were rather old, and they had a chain lock. Not too many apartments these days have chain locks, but they had a chain lock. And so I got the bottom unlocked, but I couldn't get the top of the chain off the top lock. So I pulled the door, and he knew I couldn't get the chain off, so he put his hand in between the door and pulled me back from the door. So the door kind of shut a little bit. So I'm still hollering, screaming. We're still tussling, rolling around on the floor. And so we rolled over by his gun. And so I remember distinctly, he said, oh, we have to die tonight. And so in my head, I'm like, we have to die tonight. All of a sudden, you you speak in French. That's right. Right. Like, You can die. I don't have to die tonight. I don't think that that was in my plans for the day. So he was like, oh, yeah, we have to die tonight. So he pulled the gun, and as he was getting ready to pull the trigger, the police kicked in the door. Wow. So I believe that they were looking through the chain lock or getting ready to come in, and when they seen him grab the gun and put it to my head, they kicked in the door. And I was like, okay, that was nothing but God because that was right on time. Yeah. so – He ended up going to jail, and, of course, as most battered women do, the next day I was down there, oh, they weren't seeing right. That's not how it happened. They seen the tail end. They don't know what's going on in our house. Like, no, don't. I'm not pressing charges. No. So ended up, they let him go. They didn't charge him. So things were kind of up and down, up and down, and I can remember distinctly one of another big fights we had. It was around Christmas. And we were arguing. Of course, I was trying to get back out the door. And so he wouldn't let me out the door, but he left. And so I pulled the chain on the door. And I remember 
I called him something. I can't remember. I called him out his name, and he came back, and he punched me through the chain lock door. Jesus. And sprained my nose. And this was, it was around the holidays because we were going to my job's Christmas party, and everybody was waiting on us to get there. And so I'm like, how? You punched me through the, like, I'm bleeding. I'm just confused. Like, I don't understand. So the police get there, and they say, you know, we've been here way too many times. We've been here mm-hmm. too many times, and at this point, it's becoming a nuisance. So if we have to come back, you're going to jail, and he's going to jail. And so I was like, well, why do I have to go to jail? And she plainly put it that I was incom- we were inconveniencing the neighbors because of all of the fighting and the screaming and all of that. People are trying to sleep, and this is going on at like midnight, 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. So she says, it's a nuisance, and everybody's going to have to go to jail next time. And I said, oh, wow. So we tried to keep it down. We tried to keep it. But it just wasn't. It's kind of one of those things when you're with someone and you know you're not supposed to be with them, but you make yourself be with them because you just think they're the bee's knees. So it was that thing because they're the bee's knees. (laughs) That must be a southern thing. It is. It's a southern thing. Yes, it is. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I know sometimes I say things that people are like, what? But, you know, I just thought even because a lot of things were happening in my life at that time. And one thing that people think I'm crazy when I say it, but he protected me. And I always say that he protected me from the world. If somebody came for me or somebody tried to do something to me, he was ready to fight. He was ready to, to, to do whatever he needed to do. But the one person he could never protect me from was himself. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. always, but he would protect me from everybody. If I was hungry, if I was sick, he had he took care of me. But if it was him, it was no holds barred. And one of the last times when we decided that we couldn't do it anymore, he actually, we were arguing, and I told him, you know, I'm done. I can't, like, I can't, this cannot be life. I refuse to believe that this is my life. And so he was like, well, I'm leaving. And he was getting ready to leave, and we were arguing as he was leaving and he punched his arm through the window the glass window mm-hmm. and he punched it the glass cut him so bad he cut his arm wide open from wrist to elbow and you can see his tendons and bones and it was just bad and I couldn't deal with anyone like I couldn't even bring myself to be sad for that moment because it was just, at this point, now this has gotten too crazy because now you've done real damage to yourself. Mm-hmm. It was just too much, and I couldn't. And I remember my dad came and got me the next day, and he was like, you're not going to tell me. Because when he, when everybody seen the window, I was like, oh, some kids playing, and they threw a ball, and it broke the window. But it was obvious that's not how it happened. And my dad, I remember him saying, I know you're not going to tell me what's going on. But I know what's going on, and I have to take you away from it. And wow. he said, leave all your stuff. And I left everything in that apartment, and he moved me out, and I never seen him again from that day to this one, never seen him again. Well, first of all, thank God for God, um, for uh, fathers who care yes. enough to step in, because, um, you know, that's our uh, for women and for, for girls and for boys. Fathers are our first um, point of validation. And uh, we, you know, we get, we get our validations, validation from our fathers. 
So thank God that he was there for you. I know um, when we were doing, when you were doing the pre-interview, you had said that the, one of the times the neighbor kept calling the police. Yes. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yes. She would call the police at the drop of a hat. Like, she would call them, call them, call them. Anytime, I was never the one that called the police. I think I may have called the police once, Mm -hmm. but out of that time, my neighbor was the one that called the police, and she called the police. And every single time, if it sounded like, I remember one time he and I had a, like, not like a party, but like had a few people over, like a gathering at our apartment, and it sat, we were having fun, like everything was fine, and I guess it sounded like a fight, and she called called the police. Mm-hmm. Like she was, she called the police. She was my saving grace a lot of times. She called the wow. police. Mm-hmm. You know, last week I had a an apostle, Apostle Lena Mars Opoko, Opoko, mm-hmm. who was on, and that's one thing that she kept saying: please keep calling the police. So I'm going to say that yes. again today. Here is Yoshiko, who is alive um, and was able to find. Um, to get away, to find an escape because mm-hmm. this lady kept on calling the police and uh, she, she not caring how many times it was going on, but you know, uh, she kept mm-hmm. calling. And I think that is so very important that it that's is. how we could help individually is that when mm-hmm. we see something or hear something that does not line up with the law and doesn't line yeah. up with the Bible, you know, let's call for help. Let's intercede, intervene. Um, and that's the least, that's the least we could do, you know. So uh, yeah. I thank whoever your neighbor was, you know. I just want to say thank you. Right. <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so that's how you finally got away was by yeah. your dad coming in and saying, that's enough, okay, uh, yes. whatever, you know, and it, it, as, as now I'm not a, I wasn't a domestic violent um, survivor. I'm a survivor of child sex, sexual abuse. And, mm-hmm. but don't we become good liars to cover up for mm-hmm. the abuser? Oh, you Lord. Know? Yes. Yes. <sighs> yes. Um, yes. I had a friend, not a, well, she was a coworker and, and it, I was in the hospitality industry for a while and I was um, starting out, I was a, a, an operator. And so this one lady that we worked with, she was very sassy. She would not let anybody, you know, uh, outsmart her, out, out-talk her or whatever. But she met this dude and uh, this guy. And all of a sudden, she, you know, was calling out sick. She, because she would never call out sick. She was very dependable. Um, she would come back with, you know, two teeth busted and ribs broken, and she would come up with the most outlandish things mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we went. Uh, I had. Oh, my boyfriend wanted to have sex on um, at the beach, and we were mm-hmm. on the rocks, and I fell and I broke my rib. Okay, that mm-hmm. doesn't even sound right. Um, oh well, mm-hmm. you know, I fell. The kitten made me fall, and I fell. I mm-hmm. fell with my face forward." And so after a while, we were thinking, something ain't right. Something ain't right. But finally, she confessed that it was her boyfriend who was just, I mean, just Mm -hmm. going at it, 
you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, that's one of the things that we, that, that I guess uh, the survivors of domestic abuse, we tend, you know, tend to do. And um, for me as a survivor of sexual abuse, you know, I had to lie for certain things. Like one day um, here I am, you know, going to school with a hickey on my neck. I wasn't mm. sexually active with anyone, but my abuser um, uh, was, you know, having his way with me and right. I was embarrassed. And so I had to come up with a lie about that because I didn't want people to think, you know, I'm loosey goosey. And, you know, now right. uh, every dude is every guy in high school thinks, oh, OK, well, you know, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's right for the picking. But um, mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the, the, the bigger clues. Now, I have to take a quick break. And when we come back, you know, we want to talk a little bit more about the signs and the clues that um, whoever you're about to date is a potential has a potential for domestic violence so everyone please stay tuned while we take a quick break thank you sadly today most of us know at least one person that suffers from addiction or substance abuse addiction does not discriminate no age gender race or classes of people are immune to the horrors of addiction this epidemic has ruined families claimed lives and left loved ones devastated Over 100 people die from overdoses daily and over 20 million Americans suffer from some form of addiction. For this reason, author Lloyd H. Bell Jr. has written the book Clean and Serene. The author is an addictions counselor and recovering addict of over 13 years. He knows and has first-hand experience of being caught in the grips of addiction. Clean and Serene provides experience, strength, and hope for the still-suffering addict. It can also be used as a tool in recovery. Whether it is used in a group setting or individually, this book was written to assist in the recovery process and encourage. Integrating inspirational, encouraging, and challenging scriptures, the author has provided a resource that is sure to change lives. If you or someone you know is battling with addiction, this book is for you. If you are in recovery, this is a great resource to add to your toolbox. If you are a group leader or addictions counselor, this is an awesome book for group therapy. Clean and Serene. Scriptural Meditations for Recovery is available nationwide in both ebook and print. Get your copy or a copy for some you know today from Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For less than $10, you can potentially change the life of someone currently paying the high cost of living with an addiction. Welcome back to I Rain Block Up Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Thank you for staying tuned with us. You have um, tuned in to Irene Block Talk Radio Show out of uh, We Inspire Network here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I just want to, again, welcome uh, anyone who is just joining and, uh, and thank also Yoshiko Bernie for um, uh, being our guest. We are talking about uh, domestic violence, and right now we're going to talk about the signs and the clues that perhaps you got a little bit of, you know, you're going to have a little bit of a problem with this potential mate that you're considering. So we want to talk about 
Um, what are the clues? And did you, Yoshiko, have some clues that maybe you overlooked? Um, I had several clues that I willfully overlooked, <laughs> mm-hmm. several. Um, one of the major ones that I always tell people to look for, if they say that everybody they've dated was crazy or had a problem, no, mm. no. It wasn't them. It was you. Yeah, what's the, the common, common denominator, denominator, right? Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. if they always say, oh, yeah, my ex, she was crazy, she... And it's every single one. I can give you one, but I can't give you all of them. So there's a problem there. Um, the most common one is controlling and jealousy. If yeah. the simplest of things make them jealous, I remember a time just if I'd say, oh, I'm going to my mom's, oh, well, I'll go. For what? You don't need to be doing what we're doing. Like, mm-hmm. no, you don't need to be around us like that. If they always want to be around you or if they try to limit you seeing your friends, your yeah. real friends or family, because there was a period of time, the time I dated him, I have friends that I've known from college, and I've known them 10, 11, 12 years, and there was a period of time I didn't see them, hadn't seen them for years, because he didn't know them and he didn't want me around them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if they isolate you slowly, and it's going to be a gradual effect. They're not just going to do it all together. It's going to be a gradual effect. And if you feel not as close to some people that you may have known prior to them, then they're trying to isolate you and keep you for themselves. So mm-hmm. definitely jealousy and isolation and um, calling other people out crazy, those are three major flags. Um those are basically it. And if another thing I find out, if they don't have a good relationship with their mother mm, or the, yeah. or I should say the adjacent parent, because men get abused as well. So if the woman didn't have a good relationship with her father and the man didn't have a good relationship with his mother, then there's some problem there. Yeah. Now, not all abusers are like that, but there are direct correlations to I guess it's parental issues of where they didn't have control or they didn't receive the love that they felt they deserved from mm-hmm. people they feel like should give it to them. So normally abusers, if they have an issue with their parent, mm-hmm. then normally that stems from something that happened growing up. Mm-hmm. And also when you say growing up, there's some past trauma, um, whether exactly. they saw their parents, get abused or mm-hmm. um, they themselves were abused as a child. And a lot of the times, uh, domestic violence victims who have children, uh, the children, 75% of the time are also being abused, whether it's neglect, whether it's physical or sexual um, or even emotional, 75% of the time they are being abused. And um, yes. I believe it was on your Instagram page that I saw that it was anywhere from three to 10 million children who mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, uh, witnessing one of their parents being, um, you know, violated. Now, another mm-hmm. thing that people want to be really, you, you said jealousy, and I want to really kind of hone in on this for a second. There is, you know, a healthy little uh, jealousy if you know your right. um, if your if your boyfriend or your husband don't give a who who comes you know knocking at your door and trying to right. you know um, get up at you that's a problem too 
but we're talking about jealousy uh, uh, to the tenth degree here, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be pretty obvious that you could be ordering um, something at Sonic, and the man mm-hmm. might, whoever it, it could just be a man who's taking your order, but the the boyfriend or the husband will be like, oh, I, did you hear that in his voice? He he want to get uh-huh. with you. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, you have tension, and then which right. could escalate. And so there is that healthy, unhealthy amount of jealousy that um, can become very, you know, very volatile and very violent. So that's one thing that I, I just wanted to kind of bring that, you know, hone in yeah. on that. And then, of course, the whole uh, isolation. Now, I wanted to – this is this happened – way, way back in the, uh, I believe it was the 80s. Her name was Hedda Nussbaum. And she, it was one of, you know, a very severe case of domestic violence that even led to the uh, abuse of a child who they, whose adoption had gone awry. Now, now Mr. Nussbaum was a lawyer. And so he was helping somebody get, um, a child to adopt, but it it failed somehow, and so they the child ended up having to live with the noose bombs. Well, you know this they would flip. He would flip over the uh, crib, and it so it looks like a prison. You know the bars, and the wow, child yeah. lives in there. I don't, have you heard of that case? Um, briefly, I've heard bits and pieces of it, but not mm-hmm. that that much of it. Yeah, well, she, Mr. Newsbaum was a sadomasochist, oh. and uh, he so he enjoyed causing pain. That's that's part of him, I guess. You know, getting off. Or, and right. um, one of the things that he would do, to, he would actually inflict punishment on his wife. And so, if whatever, if if, if the dinner wasn't exactly the way he liked it, then mm-hmm. her punishment was sleeping naked on the floor with no blanket, no pillow while he slept comfortably on the bed. Um, One day he came home and just out of the blue was mad about something and he shoved her into the oven, her head into the oven and began kicking her um, pelvic area so bad that he broke her pelvis bone. Um, Her nose was smashed so many times that it uh, it actually collapsed. So she, um, you know, she was a beautiful lady, but he tore up her face, and for years she stayed. And so, you know, that's a severe case, and there are plenty of more cases out there. Um, what we want to do is prevent that. We want, you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, you know, I just don't I don't have the personality to be. As, a, an, an, as an adult, to be a a victim of domestic violence, I just don't because mm-hmm. um, I told before my before I married my husband, you know, I was like flat out five things you don't mess with: don't ever hit me, don't ever mess with my money. If we have kids, don't ever mess with my children. <laughs> you know, I said because right off the bat, I'm gonna tell you right now, you know, somebody gonna get shot. It ain't gonna be me, and so. <laughs> So I put the fear of God in them, and yeah, I, I'm a minister, but I tote I tote a gun. I do. I got tasers, I got daggers, because I got to protect myself. And so, exactly. and my cheering. And so, um, you know, so for the 
probably the first few months, my, you know, my husband probably thought I was a little bit off, you know, cause I, I, he knew I kept a gun near my bed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want people to know right off the bat, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm not one to play with. So, exactly. you know, and I wonder, you know, and that's just what worked for me. But, you know, um, one of the things that uh, I was on another radio program earlier today, and one of the things that we have to do is instill the self-esteem in our children so that when they notice something that that breaches their understanding of who they are and whose they are, that the alarms will sound, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, the alarms are going to go off. So, um, So thank you for sharing, you know, so candidly. From your oh, yeah. standpoint of what you, uh, like you said, willfully chose to mm-hmm. disregard, you know, exactly. um, mm-hmm. because we do that, don't we? We can't make, you know, we make oh, yeah. excuses for the person we, you know, we're so in love with. And as my dad right. would say, he got your nose wide open, you know, right. <laughs> you know that one, because that's a Southern one, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, well. yes. Um so, you know, what, how can then the younger, the younger kids, uh, and I'm, I'm saying kids, but, you know, the teenagers who are out there dating, um, how can they also protect themselves against uh, being abused by their boyfriend or girlfriend? Um, for one, and this is the first thing I told you and the first thing that I overlooked, somebody told me don't do it. mm. So there's always going to be someone, whether it's your friend or someone a little wiser, there's someone that can see what you can't see. And my mom says that all the time, like two eyes are better than one. There's always going to be someone who cannot, who can see what you can't see because you're looking at body or credentials or cars or you're looking at whatever you see, but you're not really seeing the person as they are. So most importantly, have to listen to people because everybody's not hating. Don't know. Everybody doesn't want you to fail. Some people are just telling you the truth. And had I mm-hmm. listened to the lady at my job, I probably would have saved myself years of heartache. Yes. Because so this happened to for two years with you? Mm-hmm. Two and mm-hmm. a half going on three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I can't stand pain. So anybody hitting me, that's going to be, you know, I can't do it. But, so but you, you know what? Actually, as it goes on, you kind of get, it's your normal. Wow. It becomes your that's normal. That's scary. So, you know that's scary, right? You just, it's what you just very said, scary. Is very scary. <laughs> it's yes, very scary. And it, yeah. it's so weird because it does become your normal because you're like, okay, I know when I get off of work, if he mad, I know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So let's pray that he's had a good day because, like you said earlier um, about Dr. Newsom. Yeah, it happened where someone else made them mad, so they mm-hmm. just come home already mad. They haven't seen you all day. They haven't talked to you. Someone else did it, but you have to pay for it. Yeah. So it just kind of goes into where you have to pray, and, oh, Lord, please let him have a good day at work. But mm. you have to listen to other people, and also it goes into you have to know, you have to have good self-esteem and know who you are. That's right. And. I realized once I actually reviewed what happened, I lacked that because even though my dad stepped in at that point, I had recently just met my dad maybe a couple of years prior. 
so I didn't grow up with my dad. I maybe seen him oh. a few times growing up, but I didn't grow up with him. So even though my mother, you're beautiful, you're this, but if a girl doesn't have her dad as a man to reinforce it, then you're looking That's for right. a man to reinforce it. That's right. Validation. We mm-hmm. need validation from our, our fathers our fathers or father figure in our in our lives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's so very important. You know, fatherlessness is a trauma for children. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the statistics of those the population of um people who are in prison and in jail, uh eighty five I believe to ninety two percent comes from fatherless homes. You know, mm-hmm. and when we say fatherless, we don't just mean they were out of the house, but right. if the father just isn't emotionally, physically present uh-huh. or if they were abusive, mm-hmm. then, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're talking about that type. So um, now the other thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is kind of a, a, uh, an aside, but one thing that I've also noticed and did some research about was pornography, pornography, excuse mm-hmm. me, and what that is doing for our younger generation is that they now have a very skewed idea of what sex is. Sex was initially created by God to be pleasurable and for procreation. And, mm-hmm. But now with the pornography being so rampant and so pervasive, I mean, the, our children have access to more information than ever. And so mm-hmm. they, they're they watching this, uh, normally it's a male-dominated, you know, scene where the guy is doing uh, things to the woman and, and making the woman do things that are degrading, you know. And so they project, our, our next generation is projecting that type of reenactment um, to get satiated and um, sexually aroused. And so that, I believe, further drills in the submissive and the dominant um, positioning of the male-female relationship, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And it skews the girl's idea because now there's no, there's absence of love in there. There's absence Mm -hmm. of healthy passion. It's just really all about orgasm, especially for the man. Um, or for the male. And so we have to be very careful how, um, th- how what we're teaching our, our, our girls um, yes. about who they are. And so if anybody's out there, if you know a parent um, who has daughters um, especially, but any parent out there, this might be a show that you want to sit down and have, a talk, ha- have them listen and use it as a conversation starter. And um, we as parents have to be vigilant as well. If you're going to allow your children to, to date, then these are, this is a very con- candid conversation you have to have um, before they start going out there. I'm going to have to take another quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about the, um, you know, what, what, what you're doing in your organization that you have founded and, um, and go from there. So everybody, hold tight to your seats. We'll be right back. Hello everybody, my name is Minister Annie Bell and I am the host of Irene's Blog Talk Radio Show where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse 
sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. IRAIN, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor, that means I, I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R, reclaim my life. E, excel at living. G, grow in Christ. And N, nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign with Christ. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Again, thank you for staying put. You are listening to I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show with me, Minister Annie Bell, powered by Win Radio. We inspire network radio. As that commercial briefly discussed, I have written a book called I Rain. A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, and I have also completed the workbook that goes along with it. It will be available right about Christmas time, everyone. Makes a great gift for someone that you may know if um, that you may know that have gone through abuse, or even for yourself if you have uh, gone through some abuse, because it's it'll help you to take some practice and um, and heal so that you can actually thrive. Tonight, I have with me Yoshiko Bernie, who is here to discuss. Discuss uh, her journey of victory, and also um, she has turned around to then become an advocate. So, welcome back, Yoshiko. Thank you so much for staying put with us. Oh yes. Now, as I had said um, earlier before we went on the commercial, she's going to share with us about the organization that she founded and give us a little bit information um, about that and how people can actually. Um, you know, look you up, find you on the the net. Yes, well, I have. I founded the nonprofit organization, The Butterfly Project, and um, I came up with the name. Actually, God named it. I decided to leave the whole process to him. Actually, this is what happened. So <laughs> I had been working, 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 and my job laid me off at the end of April. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So... I was um, I was trying not to be upset or stressed about it, and so one night I was asleep and I had a dream about I was pregnant, but I wasn't, 
if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I was pregnant, yeah. but I didn't look pregnant. I was going through life, and it was a girl. And so mm. I had a meeting with one of the pastors at my church, and he told me that that meant that I was going to, I had a purpose that I needed to give birth to that was yeah. going to go, that was going to keep going because it was a girl. Like it was just going to keep going even after my death. And mm. so I said, okay, so let me think on that. And so I will sleep again because God never talks to me. He talks to everyone different. So he does yeah. it. Some people say he talks. To them like they can hear him audible voices mm-hmm. yes i've never had that experience i'm waiting so he always <laughs> talks to me in my dreams and so he gave me the butterfly project and the butterfly project is what i felt coming out of abuse when i moved in with my dad and life afterwards i had people expected me to go back into the world like nothing ever happened mm-hmm. like people did i couldn't talk about it I couldn't have a moment. Like, they just mm. want to be, keep going to work, keep, you know, keep doing this. Oh, you can hang with us. But I didn't feel it in my heart, like, on the inside. I didn't feel it. And it was a process. And that reminded me of a um, caterpillar yeah. in the process because the caterpillar turns into a butterfly. And in the process, it goes through, basically, when I looked it up, a caterpillar goes through torture to become a butterfly. Yeah, like, it goes through like a sticky process. It pulls on it. It uh, pokes and prods until it comes out to be this beautiful butterfly. And so I know after my abuse, I felt like I didn't have a purpose in life. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I lost my vision. I felt like he took that from me. And once that I healed and came through life and, you know, dealt with it day by day, then I realized he didn't take anything from me. And Mm -hmm. so I know that other women feel that way. And so I want to help them through their caterpillar process, hence the butterfly project. The chrysalis. So that, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. And your logo is is beautiful, too. It's like in action. Um, Yes, I love it, love it, love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you had one thing that you could share as encouragement for um, somebody who is either in the abuse or somebody who is um, a survivor, what would you say to them? Um, as cliche as it might sound, don't give up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy to get out of the abuse, and it's not easy to live life after abuse because the world is so different than what it was going in. But do not give up. Cry Mm, through the day if you have to. Cry, Mm. go on your lunch break, go sit in the car and cry and come back into work like nothing ever happened. But go Mm -hmm. through your day. Go through it. Do not give up. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And it seems like that the girl in your dream was actually maybe your ministry towards women. Um, yes. can also denote that. So, um, because, you know, I know that most of your you know, efforts are towards the, the female population. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. You know, there's, there's ministries who help the, the male population. So, um, I think that is beautiful and, and wonderful. I uh, want to make sure we give out some information on how to help, uh, get your, you know, how to escape. So number one, you have the, um, the hotline the National Domestic yes. Violence Hotline. Uh, you can call them, and it 
they will actually help you form an escape plan to get mm-hmm. out. It's called a safety plan. Um, uh, they will, if you, you know, depending on what your situation is, whether it is, uh, you know, just yourself, you have kids, you know, uh, younger kids, older kids, you have a dog, you're pregnant, they will walk you through it. Um, on my web, on my Facebook page, I reign stop abuse and um, abolish sex trafficking. Uh, become a member, uh, and you will find resources like this available. There's also the Aspire News app. Now, um, there's some different you know reviews about it, but it's an, it looks like a news app, but it actually helps domestic violence victims mm-hmm. to. Um, find resources in their in their local area, and also it'll look like if if you're if you see your abuser coming, you could hit the X, and it'll take you right into what looks like the news, um, and you can also call for help. Um, I know you probably know about that. Is there are there some other things that you know, other resources that uh, could help someone escape? Um, no, those are actually the two major ones that I tell ladies around. In my area, those are the two that can actually ASAP help you as soon as possible. Yes, yes. Sorry uh, that I took your two. Um, oh no! <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, we want, definitely want to make sure that you're doing going there. There's also Advocates for Human Rights. That is another wonderful website that you can go and look up. Uh, sex trafficking information, information on domestic violence, and uh, they have some wonderful information to help to, uh, you know, empower. And those who may not know what to do, if you hear somebody getting pummeled next door, what should you do? You know, you can call them and they will help you and walk through it. Be vigilant and be alert because you could save somebody else's life. Um, yes. Same thing to the, the, the victim. Be vigilant and be alert because you can maybe save your own life and the life of your children. So, um, Yoshiko, our time is almost up, and I wanted to, again, thank you for your wonderful project. Could you tell our listeners how to get in touch with you? Yes. So my website is thebutterfly-project.co. Um, I'm also on Instagram and we're also on Facebook and it's the same well it's the T H E E Butterfly Project on Instagram and Facebook and my team or myself we kinda rotate shifts and someone is always there just in case um a victim needs to talk or needs some help right then. So we're wow. around the clock. Perfect. <laughs> I am gonna put you um your uh, on our uh Facebook page as well so that um our members can also find you if they need you. And um, thank you so very much. I appreciate you coming on the show, speaking candidly and sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate any opportunity to get the word out about abuse. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Now the wisdom to reign, the wisdom to reign that we have for you today is we cannot control the wind, but you certainly can shift your sail. So um, there are things that happen in our lives that we can't control, but there are things that you can control. So those things that you can, 
find it, figure it out, and control and manipulate that so that you can have the life of thriving that God has created you for. To make a donation or get in touch with me or my team, please go to www.wealthmngt.org or anniebellministries.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Irene Stop Abuse and Abolish Sex Trafficking. Also, go to YouTube channel Irene Blog Talk and become a subscriber so that you won't miss a beat any of our shows. We put it right on there as well. Um, lastly, you can uh, be subscribed to our blog talk, which is Win Radio. We Inspire Network Radio. And um, become a subscriber there. Repeat after me. I reclaim my life. I excel at living. I illuminate the dark. I grow in Christ. And I nurture myself and others. Let's reign together with Christ. See you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. right here at Win Radio. Thank you again. Good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.